following podcast contains mature content. The views and opinions expressed by the co-host are not necessarily those of the host. Listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 77 of the Smack and a Raw podcast. I am your host, as always, the Warden Matt Ritter, and I am here with my co-host, Sir Cussalot, Travis Pointer. What's happening? Fuck you, Travis. Me? So listen, I, I got a couple things wrong Me? this week. I got a couple things wrong this week. What I will I do? admit, you know exactly what you did. I will admit, I made two mistakes this past week. One was saying that the time you beat me with Rico was the last time you ever beat me in a wrestling game. Apparently, you went, had to go and get a alert on your Facebook history that lets you know that it happened one more time. There's only proof on Facebook of one more time is my point. And I, I'll get into that in a second. The second thing was when John and I recorded our Royal Rumble watch along, I said that Road Dog was Max Moon, and that is incorrect. Conan was Max Moon. Road Dog was supposed to be, but he ended up not taking that gimmick. So, uh, those two corrections. As far as that goes, I don't count your second win from 2014 because it was via the PlayStation Network, which was shit in 2014 and laggy as fuck. We were not sitting down in the same room on the same console. So I don't count that shit, first off. W's a W, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care about your excuses, sir. You lost. Took that. Well. Let's talk about somebody else who's losing right off the bat in news and rumors. Uh, they talked about it, but we're going to talk about it because I, I noticed some people were confused. The NXT call-ups will be on both Raw and SmackDown for the foreseeable future until they are signed to a brand. So we will be seeing them on SmackDown, maybe competing, maybe in segments. We will see them on Raw. We're going to talk about it. We had it this week. But one notable missing person from this was the first person announced as a call-up, and that was Lars Sullivan. And it has been reported that, no, apparently Lars Sullivan got caught um, masturbating in public. No, apparently he has anxiety issues, and he was supposed to be on Raw two weeks ago. Masturbating in public, okay. Yeah, he was supposed to be on Raw two weeks ago and no-showed. Originally it was reported that he left early and then didn't show up to SmackDown. Apparently he just didn't show up. And he has had no contact with the WWE. So him even being debuted on the main roster, let alone returning to NXT, is in question as per the dirt sheets and the rumors. That is what's being reported. So we don't know what the fuck's going on with him, but clearly he was the only one of the call-ups that we did not see this week on Raw or SmackDown. And he was the highly touted guy. And there have been no more talk of where's Lars Sullivan going? Is he going to go to Raw or SmackDown? There was no talk of him whatsoever. No vignette or anything. He just no call, no show. Damn. Yeah. That's worse than getting caught masturbating in public. It is. It is. Um, I have no experience on that, but I hear it's no fun. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, had he got caught masturbating in public, they would have found a way to work around that. But if you you don't show up, they can't count on you. That's different. Yeah, exactly. Next up, um, an update on Alexa Bliss's injury. We talked about how she has been – Partially cleared to wrestle. Uh, she actually did an interview saying that she's been doing some in-ring work. She hopes to come back soon, but because it was multiple concussions, not just one. And I con- neck injury, and she's paralyzed from the ankle down. <laughs> the concussion protocol states that if she starts working in the ring and she has any symptoms of a concussion, such as a headache or a slight loss of memory, I don't know how they determine that, you start back from square one. So I don't know if they're like having her wrestle and asking her questions. Start over? If you get a headache while wrestling, you got to start over from square one. Is what she like said. every other week. 
Yeah, exactly. So she's just never wrestling again. <laughs> possibly. Uh, next up, Travis, this piece like, of news oh, is let's get you back in the ring. I have a headache. Oh, start over concussion protocol. This piece of news is just for you because I think you're the only person that's to watch this show, but big brother celebrity, or as it's been shortened, BBC, uh, will be featuring Eva Marie. Here's the thing. I watch big brother. I don't watch celebrity big brother. Are you going to watch celebrity big brother with Eva Marie on it? I didn't watch Eva Marie when she was on television with WWE. Okay. I was just asking. I know you're a big brother fan. I didn't know like what the genres of big brother were or that there were more or what was going on. I just knew as a fan, Travis likes big brother. Eva Marie's going to be on it. I'm going to let Travis know. There's big brother UK and there's big brother us. Then there was Celebrity Big Brother originally that was only in the UK. And then they just started doing a Celebrity Big Brother in the US. There is also another weird little offshoot of Big Brother that's only on CBS All Access that's like truncated and really like quick and shit that's not as good. Is that the After Dark or whatever? No, that's part of the regular Big Brother where you can just, you know, just watch them whenever, you know. Because see, I saw that there was a Big Brother After Dark and I thought that was like HBO After Dark and I got all excited. And then I found out it wasn't, and I was disappointed. It's just what being able to watch the cams, like, you know, the live feed and cams and shit, and nothing special. I just really wanted to say that Eva Marie was going to be on BBC. Again. <laughs> and last but not least in our news and rumor roundup, uh, Mike, and, Mike and Maria Canellis, because he took her last name, have apparently asked for the they're released from WWE. Now, this is just a rumor. I don't know if this is true. I forgot but it, there. Well, that's because they're on 205 Live, and that's why they want their release is they're not happy with the way they're being used. Apparently, they were used a lot better when they were in Impact. They came over between her pregnancy and him having a drug addiction issue that he was getting over, being moved from Raw to 205 Live, and then not really being featured on 205 Live, along with the emergence of AEW, which is signing wrestlers left and right. They're looking for greener pastures because they're not being featured the way they want to be. Yeah, I get it. All right. Let's roll into Monday Night Raw. And to be honest with you, Travis, like I was really, really happy with the WWE product this week, but also not happy. And I, I'm conflicted and confused. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I do know that right off the bat, Braun Strowman was removed from his match in the Royal Rumble that he had to earn twice, mind you. He he was told he was going to get a match at the Royal Rumble, earn that match, and then he had to beat Baron Corbin to keep that match. And now he's taken off it again because he came out, he cut a promo, Baron Corbin came out, talked some shit. He chased him in the back, ran past Elias. Elias sang him a little song about how he's hiding in the car. He destroys the limo. With a pipe, the same limo that at the he very beginning of the show. The off, by the way, he didn't just break with a pipe; he pulled the door off. I'm getting there. The same limo that we saw Vince McMahon get out earlier, get out of at the very beginning of the show. He rips the door off. Vince comes up, finds him a hundred thousand dollars. He says, because apparently he's an auto dealer, this car isn't worth a hundred thousand dollars. Vince says, "All right, fine, I'll find you hundred thousand dollars, and you lose your match at the Royal Rumble." So two things about this first of all as i was watching this because i watched it on tuesday morning and it was you know 
very nice, quiet morning for me. Ordered some, you know, some breakfast via Uber Eats. Delicious breakfast sandwich with uh with hash browns. Keep going. And as I'm eating my breakfast with hash browns while with my uh morning tequila sunrise, because I have tequila in the house again. I haven't had tequila in the house for a long time. Keep it moving. So I was a little intoxicated. But this happened. I laughed harder. Okay? Because I knew how pissed you were when this happened. And I'm just like, yo, I wish I could have been sitting next to Matt as this occurred. So I could look right at him and just go. (laughs) Now, here's the thing. I don't think I had the reaction that you wanted me to have. When I saw him rip the door off that limousine, I knew what was coming. I was prepared for it before the words came out of Vince's mouth. I knew where it was going. Um, Here's my take on this. They're doing with Braun Strowman what they did with Roman Reigns. There was a point in time where if they had pushed Roman Reigns like the fans wanted, Roman would have been over, over like fucking Grover, and they blew it. There was a point in time where Braun Strowman, go ahead. Roman got injured. Yeah, but Roman got injured, but he was over before that, and they hadn't pushed him. He was over, and then they were pushing him. Then he got injured, and they brought him back and tried to – tried to put the rocket ship up his ass and they were like people were like oh hell no so that was a little bit different but i see what you're getting at no he was over for a while before they decided to push him and there was a point in time where he could have been champion before he got hurt where they could have put that belt on him and they didn't and i i, I think it was probably around 2013 or 14 don't ask me years i have yeah. no idea if they're gonna do the same thing to braun Strowman, they keep 2019 right now they keep putting Braun Strowman in that position where he's right there, and then they keep pulling the rug out from underneath it, and I don't know why. What I've heard is apparently Vince McMahon planned to have Braun Strowman lose to Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble, which is the dumbest thing I've ever fucking heard in my life. Why would you keep doing that? Why would you perpetuate this? Why would you tell us you're going to give us change and you're going to give us what we want. And we have vehemently told you, we don't fucking want Brock Lesnar as champion. We don't want a part-time champion. And then not put the belt on the guy that we've been cheering for. It makes no sense. Because the change is happening at Mania. They're just preparing you for it. But when Hulk Hogan wins the Rumble and then goes on to WrestleMania and beats Braun Strowman. But no, no bullshit, though. I really do think they just they said it earlier than they should have. Well... Not really than they should. They said it because they had to, but like the changes aren't, we're really not going to see them until after me. I really think. Well, they shouldn't have fucking said anything then. And oh, I know. I don't like it. I just know that, I just feel like that's what's happening. I'm not. And we've seen changes. No. We've seen changes and taking the belt off Brock isn't, isn't a big deal. Shouldn't be a big deal. Fuck Brock Lesnar. With what they did with Finn Balor on Monday Night Raw, I'm, I have my doubts, but I'm really hoping they're going to put the belt on Balor and let Balor be the guy to beat Brock. Listen, They did this whole story where he overcame Jinder Mahal and then the fatal four-way and the top guys and Cena put his stamp on him. I really hope this is his push and that then Drew McIntyre wins the Rumble because he is a heel and because SmackDown won last year and I think SmackDown won the year before too. So it's time to put it back over on Raw. Let a Raw guy win. Let it be McIntyre. Push that match for fucking WrestleMania. Here's the problem with that idea, because if they do that, 
then they'll have to give us a match at WrestleMania that they've already given to us on Raw for free several times. It'll be a different match. How would it be a different match? A, it's for a title. B, we could get the Demon Finn Balor, which I'm hoping we get at the Royal Rumble. Like I said, we got Drew McIntyre versus Finn Balor several times already for free, and then they go and put it on WrestleMania. I don't think they'll do that. I'd rather have that than have Brock Lesnar against anybody, and the rumor is it might be Seth Rollins. I'm just telling you what they would do. You're arguing with me what you want and what people want. I know that. I'm just telling you what they're not going to (laughs) do. Anyway, Strowman lost that. Uh, then we had a tag team match where Sasha Banks and Ronda Rousey teamed up to take on Nia and Tamina. Uh, during, after they beat Nia and Tamina during a post-match interview, Ronda said some things about how it would be an honor to beat Sasha Banks at the Royal Rumble. Ronda fucked up. Sasha wasn't having that shit. Yeah, no. They got into an argument. That argument bled to the backstage where they continued to argue, where Ronda was apologizing, but then repeating herself like no no i'm sorry i didn't mean it like that i'm just saying when i beat you i know you didn't you know why you didn't see that because it is not good enough for hulu neither was the match that this set up where bailey and natalia showed up to break things up they argued the riot squad interrupted them and told them that all these women's teams are falling apart the riot squad stays strong and if they want to show that there's something find a partner tonight and meet the riot squad in the ring. And then we'll get to that match when we get to not good enough for Hulu to find out who their mystery partner was. And no, it was not Ember moon. She was not on raw this week at all. Ladies and gentlemen, your King is here. Because there has been a miscarriage of justice. A travesty, if you will, has occurred. Ember Moon, one of the most talented superstars on the WWE roster, was not on Raw at all. Not only was she not on the Hulu version, which I still think is what they find to be the most important parts of their show, he didn't make the show, period. They had a fucking three-hour show. Did you just say that the parts that are not good enough for Hulu are the most important parts? You know what the fuck I meant. <laughs> you made me lose my train of thought, Matt. Travesty of the week, Ember Moon, the most talented wrestler on the roster, did not even grace our TV screen, whether it was good enough for Hulu or not. Yes, that. What the fuck? <clears throat> it's fucked up. Um, we do see... I'm not Vince, done. Well, we got to roll on if we're going to get to... our. Do you want to talk about Royal Rumble 2000? Because I know you do. So, uh, As I said earlier, Vince comes out. He addressed the universal title situation at the Royal Rumble. He was interrupted by Cena. I didn't even and Drew the other week yet. You just, you know. Yeah, you did. You said we have a travesty, and then you yeah. said what it was, and then I repeated yeah. that it was a travesty. But I didn't declare it travesty of the week, though. Like there's there's a process to this, Matt. We normally do that after we do. Is yeah, I do over. the fuck I want to. All right. I thought I was running the show, but okay. Oh, Cena, Drew McIntyre, Baron oh. Corbin, and Finn Balor all interrupt Vince, saying that they want shots at Brock Lesnar for the Universal Title. 
Things break down. They start fighting. Drew McIntyre standing tall after hitting a couple Claymore kicks. Vince says, I like this. Is it, I, I want this. Is this what you want? And then the crowd cheers and he goes, all right, tonight we'll have a fatal four-way. Winner will be universal number one contender for the universal title. But then Vince goes backstage and Jinder Mahal says, hey, I would have been out there, but one of the Singh brothers got attacked by Braun Strowman and I was at his side. I missed it, but I'm a former WWE champion and the whole WWE universe wanted to see me take on Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series and they didn't get that match. So let me get a shot. He goes, all right, you pick one guy out of the whole group and fight him and if you beat him, you're in the match. Just so happens that the guy that Vince specifically said, there's a lot of beef out here and I don't think you can make it, which was Finn Balor, was the guy that Jinder Mahal picked. Finn beats Jinder Mahal, goes on to the Fatal 4-Way. Finn wins the Fatal 4-Way. And then John Cena, you know, does his little speech at the end of the match saying that the WWE Universe has faith in him and he has faith in him now. And hopefully Vince does too. What'd you say? Nothing. Did I hear you say bulge? <laughs> Husband bulge? No, I said it's because he looked at his bulge. But oh, um, okay. you cut me off also early before I said my second thing about what happened to Braun Strowman, which was I understand why Vince did it. You can't just walk up and just fuck up my limo. <laughs> Who the fuck you think you are? It's my limo. Braun's. Braun Strowman, he also flipped a limo, by the way, afterwards. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. I didn't see that either. Yeah, he picked it up and flipped it. Also, do they drive that limo all the way up from Florida? Why would they have been in Florida? Because they have Florida plates. Uh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. you Maybe. They don't expect us to pay that much attention, but I saw that. I'm like, why does it have Florida plates? W- weren't they in, like, Ohio or some shit? Uh, somewhere. I didn't pay attention to that either. Yeah. You know what I did pay attention to? What did you pay attention to? IC title triple threat match, which crowned Bobby Lashley. Oh, your I new pay attention to this shit, too. Continental champion. Bruh, listen, listen. When I, when I saw this match was announced, I was just like, oh, okay. Well, are they going to put the belt back on Seth? Or are they going to keep it on Dean Ambrose? I never thought that they put that belt on Bobby. And I was like, oh, look at this shit. Leo Rush, Leo Rush, no swerve, and they were like, "Ah, Apollo Cruz," and then they were like, "Nope, no Apollo Cruz." I'm like, "Oh, well, fuck you." Oh, we'll give it to Bobby though. All right, all right. Leo Rush played his role as heel manager perfectly, helped Bobby get the win. Very good use of the manager once again. I enjoyed the use of Renee Young, where she was rooting for her husband, and the way that she went about it. It was a good match. Bobby won with a spear, so I'm assuming he is back to using the spear as his finisher. Sure. Okay. <laughs> next week, it'll be something else. It'll do that weird Dominator thing next week, but we'll see. Uh, then, what I, what I thought was the most interesting part of Maybe Monday Night. like Goro from Mortal Kombat, when they like, did those, those descriptions, and they were like, um, they would list everybody's name and their special move and their fatality. Then they listed Goro, and they were like, every move from this monster is a fatality. Maybe every move from Bobby Lashley is a finisher. Maybe, maybe. Or maybe it's just we don't have finishers anymore, so he just does whatever the fuck he feels like to win a match. Possibly. 
this is what I consider to be the most interesting part of Monday Night Raw. And when I said that they've given us changes, this is what I'm talking about. So we've talked about the stuff they've done with Mandy Rose. And we'll talk more about that on SmackDown. I don't know if you saw this, if it made Hulu or not, but apparently it is the most viewed segment on Monday Night Raw. A production assistant knocks on Alexa Bliss's locker room door. Yes, this made Hulu. She does not answer the door, so he walks in with her coffee, and Alexa Bliss is standing there covering herself with a T-shirt, caught changing. Go ahead. So did her door, like, not have a lock? Like, apparently not. I guess that's one um, of the things that I'm just like, there's, 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 a, there's a flaw in this logic here. She was about to be, like, naked in a, in a locker room. Like, normally when somebody's about to be naked, they, they lock the door. Well, she had her own locker room. People are supposed to knock before they come in. Even though he did knock, she didn't hear it. Point is, why you lock the door? Attitude era segment. Now, Kate and I talked about this, and no, don't don't discount this. We're going to talk more about it with Mandy Rose. You, you do will. not I see have thoughts on that. Also, go ahead. You do not see WWE female superstars standing there topless, covering themselves. This is a pure sign that maybe, just maybe. Vince McMahon has taken back control of the WWE because this is some very Vince McMahon shit. Now, when Kate and I talked about this, she has no problem. Yeah, she has no problem with what they did with Mandy Rose and Sasha, uh, uh, Mandy Rose and Naomi. She had no issue with that because it's a storyline. She wanted to know why this had anything to do with anything other than us kind of, sort of, not really seeing Alexa Bliss topless because it didn't further her character. It was not part of a story. It was just a spot, which we've seen in the Attitude Era a million times, where they walk into the girls' locker room and one of them's half naked, partially naked, covering themselves up, all shocked, and it furthered nothing. I had no problem with it, and I told you that. I'm like, say what you want. I fucking enjoyed it. But but it was just, I don't know. I just, we'll talk more about it with Mandy Rose, but well, it, it, it really didn't mean anything to me at all it, i didn't like like it or dislike it it was just like whatever <laughs> i like that it, it's a sign that they're pushing a slightly more adult product I, i'm not saying it's an adult product i'm not saying they're going full attitude era-esque but they are upping the ante and like i said we'll talk about that more but yeah, we'll discuss it more with the mandy rose thing because this plays more into that but go ahead we come back from commercial break we have a moment of bliss with paul Heyman where Alexa Bliss once asked Paul Heyman about his thoughts on Brock Lesnar's changing partner. But first, she unveils our tag team titles and the lets us know. Tab team titles, yes. It was a glare. Yeah, yeah, very bad camera work, all right, is what it was. It was bad camera work. I agree. Mm-hmm. But she also announces that these titles will be decided in an elimination chamber between three teams from Raw and three teams from SmackDown, and I fucking love that Tag idea. team el- elimination chamber. Cool. For the first ever women's tag team title. So we got 12 people in the elimination chamber. Yeah. That's not going to be a mess at all. Okay. I don't think, well, I think they've done a tag team elimination chamber before. Yep, and it was a mess. Yeah, but the, the, the chambers are going to accommodate better for the size of the people in them in this match because they're smaller. So you can fit two people in a chamber. I think I think it'll be all right. We'll see. Um, Paul Heyman is interrupted by Heavy Machinery, who shows up here, and it was weird. Oh, we the name because I forgot. 
if you aren't familiar with Otis Dozovich and uh, Tucker Knight, you're probably very confused as to what this short, fat, grunting man drooling over very, Alexa Bliss was doing out there. A very awkward-looking segment. A very, and it ended very awkwardly, too. They like, it's it like, it's like they got in and didn't know how to get out of it. You know, <laughs> They just cut it off and started playing music, and out came the fucking Fatal 4-Way. Yeah, that was just like, oh, this is bad. Let's just end this now. Yeah. But uh, we did get that stuff. We did get Heyman interviewed. He kind of started trashing the – we're not really trashing. He actually really put over Drew McIntyre, but he started that stuff. That's it for Monday Night Raw, except for not good enough for Hulu. And uh, first off, we had the Revival beat the Lucha House Party. Lucha, Lucha. I don't know how I feel about this because they – If they don't do that, they should do that. They do do that. Okay. All three of them. Okay. Um, I do like that the Revival used heel tactics to win this match. Uh, I believe Dash Wilder shoved one of the guy's feet off the ropes so that Scott Dawson could get the pin at the end. Maybe I got that backwards. But uh, I don't like that the Revival went from challenging for the tag team titles on Raw and being screwed over twice to competing in a match not good enough for Hulu against the Lucha House Party. But they did get the win. Then we had Natalia, Bailey, and their mystery apart, uh, their mystery partner versus the Riot Squad. Their mystery partner was Nikki Cross. Okay. So Nikki Cross, Natalia, and Bailey beat the Riot Squad. Uh, we also saw a sighting of EC3 and Lacey Evans backstage on Monday Night Raw, along with Heavy Machinery in this match. That is everyone but Lars Sullivan that got the call up. So yeah, I didn't see them. I saw I saw them on SmackDown. But. Speaking of SmackDown, we'll roll right into it. Uh, we start off with Becky Lynch pulling up backstage. The interviewer goes to cut, ask her a couple questions as soon as she pulls up. She says she'll address it in the ring, throws her keys to the interviewer like she's a valet. Nothing against valets. Very disrespectful right there. Don't do that. I was going to say, as a valet, Travis, how would you feel if someone just Don't flung their keys shit. at you? Don't do that shit. I will let it fall right to the ground. Don't throw no keys in me. Fuck you. Which is, which is what she did. Uh, then she walked past the New Day with heavy machinery. Yeah, tried to catch him. I wouldn't have even tried. You throw keys in me, I'll watch him sail. I'm like, oh, man, that sucks. I hope it don't break apart. Oh, look, it broke apart. What you going to do now? She walks past the New Day with heavy machinery. Heavy machinery is making some disgusting breakfast shake where they put eggs in a blender with without them. cracking the – yeah, with pancakes and meat, and they didn't crack the shells on the eggs. They blend it up. They drink it. The New Day's like, no. And then Becky comes up, and she takes a big swig of it. The New Day tonight. Well, that night. <laughs> yep. Uh, like it was nothing. Then she makes her way down to the ring. She cuts a promo on Asuka about how Asuka couldn't beat Charlotte. And Asuka says she's overhyped, but Asuka's hype is dead. Asuka comes down and yells in Japanese and some English. And then the Iconics show up for whatever reason and talk about how they're going to win the Royal Rumble and then go on to win the tag team titles. And I'm not sure that's how that works. Hey, look, they didn't say that you couldn't challenge for the tag titles if you win the Rumble. Well, no, they did say that after they won the tag team titles, they go on to WrestleMania and both be champion and tag champs. And I don't know. It was weird. But yeah. uh, what do you like? But it's just they come out and they do their we love each other thing and you just watch them like, oh, that's cute. And then that's it. Here's where I took an issue with this. So Becky challenged Peyton Royce to well, actually one of the iconics to imagine. It ended up being Peyton Royce. 
This was actually a semi-competitive match, which is good for Peyton Royce because she's going up against the top superstar in the WWE. But for Becky Lynch to be making a statement to Asuka, really it didn't look good for Becky that she had a hard time with Peyton Royce, especially with Asuka coming in and then basically sexually assaulting Billy Ray or Billy Kay and making her have a match. Like Billy Kay said, no, 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 please don't. I don't want it. And Asuka's like, no, fuck you. We're doing this and dragged her in the ring. In Asuka's defense, Billy Kay was asking for it. There was no consent. And the referee, jackass that he is, just rings the bell and starts this match that no one agreed to and no one set up except for Asuka. Asuka and Asuka squashes, Asuka squashes Billy Kay. So now Asuka goes in, has a two-minute match, and destroys one of the Iconics. Yeah, but Becky it was your Iconic, though. That is an opinion, and that is your opinion to hold. Uh, my point is, Jeff, if you've watched the Iconics since they've been on the main roster, she dominated the inferior iconic. Point is, if you're gonna have, have if you're gonna have Becky have a match against one, at least let the other one have some offense and make it look hard for Oscar. Because now Becky looks like she's gonna lose going up against Oscar because she could barely handle one, and Oscar destroyed the other. Yeah, I'm not too. That's not something I was too worried about. What I'm more concerned about is what happened right after this. Where AJ Styles came down and interrupted some shit? Mm-hmm. The way that she just conceded the ring to AJ Styles like that? Yeah. Becky? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah and this I was a weird... Problem with. I agree with that, too, but this was a whole weird thing where, for whatever reason, AJ Styles comes down, he does the lap around the ring, he crawls out into the crowd, he walks up, and then we go to commercial, and when we come back, he's in the concession area, and it's like, why didn't we avoid all of that and just have him out in the concession area yeah, like we did Daniel Bryan. He had come down to the ring, and we know, and they know he's not going to actually get into the ring. He's going to walk around and go back up to the concession area. They should have had Becky stay in the ring and just look at him. Like, you know, because she's not scared of nobody. Like, that should have been what her thing is. But they had her concede the ring to AJ. He doesn't even get in the ring. There's yeah. no reason for that to happen at all. So I had more of a also, that than the result of the matches. Also, he did all that bullshit and conceded the or Becky conceded the ring to him. When he gets to the, he's got like a whole setup out there. Like he's got hot dogs and pop and popcorn and he's talking about how Daniel Bryan was out there talking shit. If people want hot dogs, give them hot dogs. If they want pop, let them drink pop. If they want popcorn. Hell, here's merchandise. Here's my merchandise. I'm gonna give it away for free, even though those sales are supposed to go in my paycheck. And he's throwing shit. Daniel Bryan attacks them. They brawl. They go through a table. They get mustard and ketchup all over themselves. <sighs> it was what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Then this is the part you want to talk about. So Jimmy and Jey Uso are backstage. Jimmy says, I got a present. It must be an early Valentine's Day present for my wife. I don't know why the fuck you would think that because it's like a super early Valentine's Day present. And you know the white devil has been trying to get in your pants. And not only that, gives it to his brother to read for him. Yeah. So he opens it up. There's a rodent, rose in there with a note. There? Yeah, right? <laughs> so he, he opens it up. There's a rose in there with a note. Jay reads the note uh, to Jimmy. And then there's a hotel key card in there. It's from Mandy pretty much saying, I want you to lock me up in the USO Penitentiary. Come see me at the hotel, blah, blah, blah. So... He says he doesn't know what he's going to do. First off, as a married man, 
knowing that you are being recorded on TV, which is something I really want to get into when we talk about this, but knowing you are being recorded on TV, you know exactly what to do, especially on camera. Yeah, he knew what he was going to do. That was that was all a setup because he knew you just don't set up. So he was setting her up in the process as someone who's tried to get who people have tried to set up that way. I know you don't get yourself caught in that kind of shit. You try to get me caught up. Fuck you. Point is, when asked, what are you going to do when you're on camera? You always say, I know exactly what I'm going to do. You never say, I don't know. And leave that doubt there that you might do some dumb shit. But he went straight to, but clearly he went straight to his wife. So it don't even matter. It don't even matter. And that's where I take a little bit of issue with this segment. So then we get Mandy Rose backstage talking about how Sonya's like, hey, you might want to chill. And she's like, no, fuck that. I hate that bitch, and I'm going to ruin her marriage because that's how you do some shit. Go ahead. I don't understand what her beef is with Naomi. I don't know what it is either, but I know it's there. It's just like, so, like, from what she says, you like, she thinks she's hot, blah, blah, blah. Like, it sounds like her issue with Naomi is that she thinks she's hotter than Naomi. It might be. Like, did she have the moment when she was just like mirror, mirror on the wall? Did she have one of those moments and then the mirror was like, hey, you're fine. But then like they showed a picture of Naomi and it was like, but that ass though? Like, is that what happened? And then she got upset because they were like, Naomi got a better ass than you? Is that what happened? Possibly. I feel like that's what happened and she got upset because the mirror told her that Naomi had a better ass than her. That could be, but for whatever reason, they've been going back and forth on Twitter before all this stuff came up on TV. Jimmy goes to the hotel room, and my thought in my head was, like, we're going to have a camera crew inside the hotel. We're going to hear a knock. She's going to open the door. Naomi's going to be there and whoop that ass. Mm -hmm. But all we see is Jimmy by himself. So I'm like, all right. Yeah. Did he fuck up and go to this hotel room? See, I knew. I knew he did. I knew that Jimmy didn't fuck up like that. Jimmy ain't that dumb. I knew they wouldn't let Jimmy be that dumb. I didn't think he was going to, but he was there by himself. We didn't see Naomi. So then he goes in the hotel room. Mandy's in her little black satin robe. She opens it up. She's got lingerie on. Go ahead. That's another thing I got issue with. This lingerie, she's wearing less in her ring gear. But go ahead, continue. I agree with you, but it is still lingerie. It's still, like I said, we're not going attitude era. We're going like PG. My point is showing like, oh, look at what I have on. More than what you're wearing when you're in the ring. That's it's. It's more about what they're implying, less no, about what they're showing. No, no, sir. No. They're faking it, and I don't like it. I'm sorry to hear that. I enjoy the fact that they're trying to give us at least a PG-13 no, no, product. They're not trying. That's my point. P- I just said PG-13. They're, they're giving trying. us a PG-13 they're product. Not trying. They're not trying. Do better. Uh, anyway, Jimmy's like, she comes on to Jimmy, and he's like, we can't do this. And he goes, yeah, we can. He's like, no, 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 no. And then a photographer runs out snapping pictures. And here's – she said, we'll see what your wife thinks about this. Now – Maybe I, thought her wife doesn't watch TV. I was going to say, <laughs> I try to suspend my disbelief the best I can, but you, you're on the fucking show. You know that if you bring this shit to Naomi, all he's got to do is walk out in that ring and be, hey, play the clip from last week where this – photographer took those photos and all the bullshit that you're trying to stage i stopped myself all the bullshit you're trying to stage <laughs> you're just gonna blow up in your face like it's not gonna happen let alone the fact that we don't have to worry about that because jimmy was smart and brought naomi he said oh my wife okay opens the door naomi comes in takes off her earrings goes after mandy and we get 
as uh, <clears throat> Joey Styles would say, cat fight. I can't do a good Joey Styles, but I know yeah, you we mean, got a cat fight. I hear you. Yeah. And they rolled around on the bed and they wrestled. Unfortunately, Mandy Rose kept her robe on the entire time. Uh, Naomi almost put her head through a TV. Almost. That was kind of cool. Almost. Should've Mandy. Anyway, the upper- TVs it may not, that really can't happen, but you know. And uh, Naomi let us know that she didn't get enough of Mandy Rose in the St. Over. And Naomi looked good, too. She had that tight, you know, like light green bodysuit on. and That ass, though. PG-13, ladies and gentlemen. PG-13 catfight. That's what we got. I'm going to need that, uh, that TV-17. Just go ahead and bring it on up there. Just, yeah. Just go ahead and give it to us, man. Uh, then we had Samoa Joe versus Mustafa Ali. That match didn't happen because Joe oh, just fucked. Just, yeah, I was about to say, that was just Samoa Joe whooping that ass. <laughs> that was like, Joe is going to kill you. Yeah, uh, and Joe did. Um, we had Andrade Cien Almas versus Rey Mysterio, which should have been the main event. Rey puts over Andrade. Just going to say that. I'm glad you said it. Rey put over Andrade in a really great match for SmackDown. Um. I don't know if you follow him, but um, Matt Fowler, I forgot what his um, website is called, but he does reviews of like Raw and SmackDown and shit for the week. But he tweeted out, and I, I may have retweeted, I may not have, but he was just like, yo, watching Andrade and Ray go at it, like you watch this and you're like, yo, the human body should not be able to move the way that, they, that these two move. It is fucking incredible. And I agree. I, completely I was impressed with the way that Ray hit the Canadian Destroyer last week, and then he did it again, but different this week. Once again, they should not be able to move that way, and they no. do. It is fucking fantastic. It is, and it's great to see Ray Mysterio putting over a younger talent like Andrade, who's on the rise. Mm-hmm. And good use of the manager at the end. Mm-hmm. And then we get this bullshit... Uh, Birthday celebration for Shane McMahon with the Miz because they're the world's greatest tag team where they're showing solidarity. Apparently, no, no, Miz no, bought. They're not the world's greatest tag team. That's what they said. No, the world's greatest tag team is Sheldon Benjamin and Charlie Haas, sir. Was Sheldon Benjamin and Charlie Haas? They don't exist anymore. Um, the Miz bought Shane some J's and there was cake. And anyway, the bar comes down interrupts Shane completely throws the Miz under the bus and says listen I don't like what you did to my tag team partner last week so why don't you come down here and have a match with them right now and Miz is like whoa whoa, whoa. like I'm in a suit I'm not ready he goes I wasn't ready at the world cup I still did it you can do it Miz you're an eight like and then just I jumped in there because somebody had already had two matches the night that night and you know yeah <laughs> I jumped in there against Dolph Ziggler, who had already had two matches. You take out a fresh Sheamus. Well, two and a half, because he had already yeah. been in the match with the Miz, and I just stepped in after you were like got your ass like hurt your knee because you were about. But he hyped the Miz up, fed him all his bullshit. The Miz ends up pulling out the win with some assistance from Shane McMahon, and then we get a coast to coast with a cake that Shane barely got, barely connected, but he got. got he didn't it. warm up first, man. He needed time to warm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, Travis, who's going over this week? Bobby! I'm going to say Andrade. He didn't win a title. No, but he had the best match of the week. Yeah, but the Bobby winner of the best match. Belt. 
I'll give you that. Who's uh, who's jabbing out this week? Braun Strowman. I got no problem with that. I'm with that 100%. He got pulled out of a title match for God knows whatever reason, and they've almost completely ruined his character at this point because they've waited too long. He's going to end up like Roman Reigns where they let him cool off too much, and when they go to push him, no one's going to fucking want it. So, uh, And Travis, just so it's official, what is the travesty of the week? Ember Moon just not making the show is the travesty of the week. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. King doesn't have his crown on to make that declaration because Matt fucked it up. But you know, Travis normally doesn't have his crown on when he declares a travesty of the week. That's normally just for whatever ridiculous declaration he wants to make. Speaking of ridiculous declarations, you declared that we would not go talking about the Royal Rumble without talking about Royal Rumble 2000. So oh, yeah. I'm gonna let you take over here. Because I was, we watched Royal Rumble 2000. I was fully prepared to make sure this happened. Even if somehow something else won, I was fully prepared to cheat. Like, we if were going to talk about no. 2000 this week. Huh? Travis, don't worry. If 1999 had won, the poll that I put up today would have just been five choices of 2000 with different reasons why 2000 should have been the choice. It and would we would have done 2000 next week. It would not have even gone that far. I would have just deleted the choice that won. <laughs> So anyway, Travis, tell us why you wanted to talk about Royal Rumble 2000. I'll let you take over here. Here's the thing. I love this whole pay-per-view. I didn't just watch the Rumble. I watched the whole thing because it was just so great. Like, we got the first ever tables match in WWE at this pay-per-view. The Hardys versus the Dudleys, which the Hardys won, by the way, with, you know. And it was the good kind of tables match. We had to put both members of the team through a table. So we also got May Young's titties at this pay-per-view. Quiet you. So Puppies! on top of that, there was also like this tag match with the New Age Outlaws and the Acolytes who really give a shit. Um, was a, this the pay-per-view that Taz debuted at? I don't know if he debuted at this pay-per-view, but I know he did beat Kurt Angle at this pay-per-view. He, that was his debut match okay. on WWE. Taz mission and Kurt it was like, oh, I'm still undefeated because he choked me out and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that was his debut match. Yeah, so there was that. And then, you know, we got that triple threat match, China, Chris Jericho, and Hardcore Holly. Jericho won, of course. Um, and it's one of those matches you watch like, oh, China's not as bad as I thought she was. But then I'm like, maybe Bob, Holly, and Jericho carried her. They probably did. Possibly. I don't think China was really that bad, though. I mean, she was the first ever female Intercontinental Champion. She put on matches with Chris Jericho, and she hit that awesome uh, pedigree off the top rope. Oh, she yeah. jumped backwards. Uh, she put on matches with Jeff Jarrett. I mean, she had some runs. It would the women at the time that she was fighting weren't really the most technically sound, so so she went in there with the men. Yeah, I got. Yeah. Then we got Miss Rumble two thousand, which is disappointing that it's only happened once. Um, it ended poorly. It ended poorly, but <laughs> it ended with pale white saggy May Young titties. Luckily, on the WWE Network, it was fully censored. <laughs> I saw this pay per view live. And I'm it was sorry. not censored. It was not. I know. And I know it wasn't when we saw it live. So oh. in 2000, 19 years ago, we were roughly what? About 12, 13? Uh, 2000. I think we were in the seventh grade. 
Yeah, we're in the seventh grade. Yeah, so we were about 13. I specifically remember being at my aunt's house. My cousin had ordered the pay-per-view. I was watching it, and my mom grabbing me and pulling me out of the room when the old naked white lady showed up. <laughs> she was very cautious about the Miss Rumble thing to begin with. When she oh. walked in on that part, of course, that was the part she walked in at. But when that old lady's titties came out, that was the end of the pay-per-view for Matt. Oh, it was beautiful, though, because, you know, you got you got Ivory in the thong. You got Terry Reynolds in a thong. You got Jackie in the thong. You got BB in a thong. You got Miss Kitty or the cat in bubble wrap. Bubble wrap. Then we got Luna, who was, you know, in the see-through robe with the thong bikini on, which the part where she was like, she'll never take her clothes off, the king's a pervert and all that. They cut it out on the WWE Network. They didn't even let her do that. And they cut that part out. They just cut right to the part where they were like, oh, I guess what you see is what you get. And they moved on. I don't know why they did that. That was weird. Yeah, especially because you think a segment like that would be better nowadays than it played back then. Back it's, then she got heat. It would have been very ironic, though, because you're like, I'll never take my clothes off, but my robe is see-through. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that was that. But then we get to the rumble itself. Well, before we get to the rumble itself, we got Triple H versus Cactus Jack. Street Which fight. we've already talked. Oh no, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, there was we a street about fight. The Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, street fight where Cactus Jack took that pedigree on the thumbtacks and shit, and it was just like fuck, bruh. I believe this was the precursor to the Hell in a Cell. And it's just like you watch this, and they're like, no, this is a precursor. They had well, when was the um, No Way Out? Yeah, yeah. Okay, then yeah, it was a precursor to the Hell in a Cell match because then he came back as Mick Foley because this is the whole shit where the Rocks. WrestleMania match after winning the Rumble turned into a fatal four-way, which is some bullshit. But anyway, um, yeah, so there was that match. And I remember, like, I'm watching this as they're, like, you know, cleaning the ring out of all the thumbtacks and shit before the Rumble. Like, yo, what if they miss a couple? <laughs> like, that'd be so fucked up. How are we looking on time, Travis? Oh, we're good. We're good on time. Okay. We are good. Let's, well, let's get to the Rumble. Oh, no, that's what's next. We get into the Rumble itself. And you thought, like, my thing was all about The Rock winning the Rumble. It wasn't. My favorite part of that Rumble is the fact that Rikishi and Too Cool danced in the middle of the fucking Royal Rumble. <laughs> and just so you guys know, even though we're talking about it on the podcast, I plan on doing a watch-along for all of, the pot, all of the Royal Rumbles, including the ones that we talk about, and I fully plan on shouting dance break at the very beginning of that segment. I thought about it while I was watching. I was like, I really wish we were doing a watch-along because I really – as soon as Rikishi put the thing on, the music hit, I just want to go, dance break. Like, that oh, would have been great. Oh, so great, because they did it so well. Like, you know, Rikishi cleared the ring. Grandmaster Sexay is there. He's like, oh, shit, hold on. We still boys. We cool. We cool. I'm like, hold on. Don't throw me out. And then the music hits. Here comes Scotty Too Hotty with the sunglasses. Like, no, put him on. And they did the dance in the middle of the fucking rumble. And it was great. And then he eliminated them both because it's about business. Oh, yeah, he told him it's all about the belt. Sorry, guys. But here's my thing. I went to the Royal Rumble match uh, collections, so I just could go straight to the match. Before this, I had to listen to a damn near seven-minute promo from The Rock backstage before the match started, which felt way too fucking long. No, like, I love old school no rock. thing is a rock, rock promo that's too long, sir. And he just rambled on. I'm like, all right, can we get to the fucking match? Like, no. You were going to listen to The Rock talk. Oh, I did. It was a long-ass fucking promo. Long-ass promo. 
And you were um, Another highlight, I believe, was uh, Kai and Ty's repeated attempts to join the Rumble. <laughs> so great. So great. They come in. Like, who was it that threw him? I made him, like, made uh, Taka fall flat on his face on the outside. Was that, uh, was that Farouk that threw him out? Uh, no, because I think Farouk and Bradshaw beat them up on the way out. Um, I, I think there was one more appearance by them after that. Whoever it was that threw him out and made Taka, like, do like a little flipping like pow face plant on the floor when he threw him out was just like beautiful. Which, by the way, after that face plant, only Funaki came back out and we were informed that Taka was headed to the hospital with a concussion. Yeah. And yeah. then he died. <laughs> Jerry the King Lawler says, I hope they have Japanese hospitals here in New York. Oh, because that man. matters. Yeah, clearly. That's right up there with the, you know, Bobby Heenan said, yeah, you all won't get that yet. Just wait. <laughs> uh, also, hold on a second, Travis. I got to look something up. So uh, keep talking about the rumble. So also in this rumble, we got road dog who was just like, you're not eliminating me yet. And like went down to the corner and just wrapped his arms and legs around the bottom rope and just laid right there. Like, oh, if I stay right here, they can't eliminate me. Yeah, they can do whatever they want. They can beat the shit out of me all they want to, but they can't eliminate me, so I'm going to stay in this shit. So, beautiful. But also, we got China entering in the Royal Rumble. She eliminates Chris Jericho with a little suplex to the outside, and she takes some time to be cocky and look like, ha-ha, I got your ass. But then she gets knocked off the apron, and she gets eliminated too with a dumb ass. So, a lot of fun shit happens in this rumble. Then we get Kane coming out, and we were hoping to see some, you know, Kane domination. We really didn't get a lot of Kane domination, but he was still there. It was cool. Still right, so, yeah, I, I can't find it. I could have swore. Now, apparently, Tess died from an oxycodone overdose, but I swear somewhere I remember hearing that Tess had testicular cancer, and he got hit in the dick twice in this match, and both times I was like, I wonder if that's the shot that did it. I don't remember ever hearing that. I think you're making that up. If you guys know what I'm talking about, maybe I'm wrong, but if you remember if it was just a storyline or hearing that test at one point had testicular cancer. I think that was somebody being funny and y'all just ran with it because his name is Test and you're like, ah, Test has testicular cancer. I, think I that- specifically remember that being a thing. And I, when he got hit in the dick twice, I was like, ooh, I wonder if that was a shot. Maybe that wasn't. Maybe that one was. But he did get kicked in the dick twice during the Rumble match. Um, Rikishi also not only did he uh, he had about I think I counted seven eliminations. Oh yeah, he was he was doing he ruled thing. the ring. Yeah, man. Um, and then obviously we got Rock Big Show at the end, which I so they don't show us the camera angle where the Rock's feet may or may not have touched till later on. That comes into play, and that leads to a part of that fatal four way. At WrestleMania. and shit. Oh, really? Because do you not remember The Rock showing up on Monday Night Raw, seeing Big Show backstage and saying, hey, remember that Royal Rumble that I won where they said that my feet touched the floor and I said I didn't? Well, a director in Hollywood told me that that is the exact reason why he cast me for the Scorpion King. And if I hadn't, if I hadn't won that match, he was going to cast you. Funny thing was, my feet really did touch. How crazy is that? He admitted that his motherfucking feet touched and made Big Show break a laptop over that. 
He admitted that his feet touched. Go ahead. The referee's decision is final. <laughs> well, we've heard that before. <laughs> Point is, his feet touched, and he copped to it fucking 15 years, 20 years later. Win if you can, lose if you must. Uh, probably Always cheat and never get caught. Well, I, I like that you said that because somebody was uh, posting some things about Tom Brady, and as you know, and as we've talked about here on the podcast – I believe Tom Brady is the GOAT, and I am a Patriots fan. And now that the Bears are out of Super Bowl contention, I'm rooting for the Patriots. But they're t- they were posting things like a picture of Tom Brady on a box of Cheaties. And I said, listen, to quote another GOAT, the legendary Ric Flair, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Here's my thing about the Patriots. Let me just tell you, I don't hate the Patriots. I like fucking with Patriots fans, but I don't hate the Patriots. And people talking about how they cheat. And I'm like, listen, everybody in the NFL cheats. They just do it better than anybody else. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. Like you said, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And I grew up with wrestling. Cheat to win. Lie, cheat, steal. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That's what I learned. I get it. I get it. It works. You know that what? That man's got rings. Beat him, cheat better than him. Yep. Sorry. I'm not mad at that anyway. I, like I said, I just like fucking with Patriot fans because they get so upset and it's so funny. They're almost uh, the funniest cowboy fans. Oh, and being in Texas, I'm sure you have a blast with almost that. Almost as funny as cowboy fans. Listen, listen, listen. As bad as the Bears have been with the <clears> exception <throat> of this particular year, I have so much fun talking shit to cowboy fans because they always insist every year they, they go into the Super Bowl. And I'm just like, yeah, your team, your players are good enough to go to the Super Bowl, but you're the Cowboys, so you won't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just that simple. Anyway, we're talking about wrestling here, not football. Actually, what we're going to talk about is whether or not Super Flash Year of Tomorrow is back this week. It is back this week. We will, um, it will be up on Friday. Facebook.com slash group slash Super Flash Year of Tomorrow. You guys can find the podcast form, if you like the audio, on all the same podcasts. Uh, platforms that you can find this show, including Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Also, videos at facebook.com slash creation magazine, along with videos from me. Um, that's where you guys will find our Royal Rumble watch alongs, our post shows for the Royal Rumble with Travis and the Rack, um, and some other content. Always fun. Travis, they can find you. Oh. Also, Creation Conversation will be back. I know we're late. We're waiting on some things. Some things need to be worked out first. We'll do the next Creation Conversation soon. It will be the one you will be on it. We're just waiting on some things to get worked out first, and I got to finish some things up. But the next Creation Conversation is going to be a big one, an important one. You're going to want to tune into that. Definitely tune into that one because I will be there. Uh, And we got some stuff that we're really excited to tell you guys about. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, Travis, also I noticed that you have re-released Hashtag Them Thrones on podcasts in preparation. Yeah, we got the old episodes again there to get ready for the new new season that's starting in uh, April. Um, Putting up the older episodes of Hashtag Them Thrones from last season. They were down for a while and putting them back up. So check them out if you if you're watching. And once you get to the last, the most recent season before the new season, just you know watch hashtag them Thrones along with it after. You know. Yep. If you are rewatching season seven, go check that out. It is uh, nice to hear their thoughts. It is a post show 
for Game of Thrones. So that will be coming back when season eight hits. You can find Travis on Twitter and Instagram at Sir Cusslet. That is at S-I-R underscore C-U-S-S-A-L-O. T-T. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Ritter. That is at M-A-T-T-R-I-D-D-E-R. You can find us both Facebook.com slash group slash Smackin' It Raw, where we have polls like what Royal Rumble we're going to talk about next week. So go vote. Let us know. And you'll hear that with our predictions. And there's the IC title thing that's going on right now, right? There's no IC title thing. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Brian Vanderweel is uh, one of our um, members, and he is working on an IC title tournament to determine the best IC champion, I believe. Yes. Yeah, so he's got something going on, a uh, little, little different, but very interesting. Uh, he's got – Elimination thing. I guess whoever yes. gets the least amount of votes gets eliminated, and they do another vote. And yeah. Yeah, cool. so really cool. So also look for that and check that out. Other than that, Travis, I got nothing else for you. So if you are good – I'm great. For Sir Cusselot, Travis Pointer, I am the Warden Matt Ritter. We are smacking it raw, and we are that damn good. Peace.